If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a reoccurring or one-time donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate Now button. Donations made to Mayflower's Radio Fund are tax-deductible and go toward keeping this podcast available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City by the Reverend Lori Walkie, Associate Minister at one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe that religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower UCC Church of Oklahoma City and to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Lori Walkie. Scripture lesson today, this morning, comes from the book of James, chapter 1, verses 22 through 27. But be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. For if any are hearers of the word and not doers, they are like those who look at themselves in a mirror. For they look at themselves and on going away immediately forget what they were like. But those who look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perceive, being not hearers who forget but doers who act, they will be blessed in their doing. If anything, they are religious and do not bridle their tongues, but deceive their hearts. Their religion is worthless. Religion is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to care for orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Here ends the reading inspired by God. May God grant us wisdom and courage for interpretation. Scholars aren't completely sure it was James who wrote the book of James, but he gets the credit. Like the other general epistles, scholars aren't sure who actually wrote it or who it was written to or for what occasion. Of course, the text says James wrote it, but we really just don't know for sure tradition says that it was James the Just, the first patriarch in the church in Jerusalem. Now, he didn't always start that big, you know, he, he also grew into the pulpit. James had a little bit of trouble in school growing up. You see, he was always trying to get out of the long shadow of his famous brother, infamous brother, depending on who you asked, you know, Jesus. The siblings are mostly listed in Mark 6 when Jesus has run out of town. Is this not the carpenter, the brother of James and Judas and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? Can you, can you imagine being a sibling of Jesus? What a pain. 
I mean, those of us with older siblings know I have two big sisters who listen to these sermons online so I can say no more, but you know. <laughs> like most of us, James must have gotten over it. Quite a tradition grew up around him. In 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul tells us that the risen Christ appeared to James, Peter, the 500, and all the apostles. But James, James is at the top of the list. Later in the letter to the Galatians, Paul lists James, Peter, and John as the pillars of the church. And again, James's name comes first. When the earliest church people in Jerusalem couldn't decide whether or not Gentiles needed to be circumcised to be fully included, it was James who spoke up. We should not trouble those Gentiles who are turning to God. And among the Gentiles, there was great rejoicing. <laughs> but James' popularity hasn't been universal. Martin Luther, who nailed the 95 Theses to the church door in Wittenberg and to whom all Protestants are grateful, Martin Luther was not a fan, or at least not a fan of the book written in the name of James. Of the book of James, Luther said, St. James' epistle is really an epistle of straw compared to the others for it has nothing of the nature of the gospel about it. By that, Luther was complaining about the lack of Christ in the book of James. The words Jesus Christ are mentioned only twice in the whole book. There is no mention of the cross. Nothing is said of Jesus dying for our sins, not a word about baptism or grace or atonement. Instead, the book of James emphasizes justification by works. You heard it. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers. With little mention of Jesus and so much talk about works, Luther was concerned that people would draw the conclusion that a person is saved by works. And to be fair, this is really not a position one can hold in medieval times. I mean, not in light of what the church was doing. This idea was barely tolerable to someone fighting against an institution, an institution that had developed a new fundraising scheme of selling forgiveness of sins. Buy your way out of hell. To be sure, the medieval church was in dire need of reform. But Luther should have had a little more sympathy for Brother James, for what we get in this slim little book reveals that James, too, was working on church reform. One of the strongest themes in this letter is the divide between the rich and the poor in the community. Over and over again in this short letter, James harps on the division of wealth. Let the believer who is lowly boast in being raised up and the rich in being brought low because the rich will disappear like a flower in the field. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the field. Its flowers fall and its beauty perishes. It is the same with the rich. In the midst of a busy life, they will wither away. Or this, my brothers and sisters, do you, with your acts of favoritism, really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there or sit at my feet, 
Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Or this, come now, you rich people, wail and weep for the miseries that are coming to you. Your riches have rotted and your clothes are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver has rusted and their rust will be evidence against you and it will eat your flesh like fire. You have laid up treasure for the last days, but listen, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. Jerusalem, we have a problem. That's what James is saying. You're doing it wrong, church. I mean, the church is supposed to be something different than the status quo, and so James is calling for church reform. There's some of that going on these days, too, or it needs to be going on. Our problems aren't all that different from the congregation to which James wrote. Economic injustice, the gap between the rich and the poor, giving preference to the wealthy, scrutiny of our personal and collective finances, all the things that make people then and now squirm in the pew or sends them running out the back doors. But but it doesn't seem that James was having a difficult time getting people in the pews, really. More like he was having, them, having a hard time getting them to do something outside the church walls. Be doers of the word and not merely hearers who deceive themselves. Apparently, James could not tell that his church people were followers of the way because their way of living seemed all too similar to the surrounding culture. We named it earlier, economic injustice, a widening gap between the rich and the poor, and a preference for the wealthy. So those church people were just giving lip service only. Sometimes people say this is why they don't come to church at all. The building with a steeple really ruined things for them because of all the hypocrites that hang out there. They can find God elsewhere. Thank you very much. And boy, do they love to tell ministers about that part, as if we've never heard, I'm spiritual but not religious, before. Cool, cool. Let me guess. Instead of going to church, you read the New York Times cover to cover, not just the parts you agree with or find interesting. And amazingly, God is usually in the science section. <laughs> Let me guess, you jog on Sunday mornings and God is there. Or you sit on your back porch and God is there in the trees, in the wind, in that little bird building a nest, and in the sunset. Do not forget that sunset. God is all over that sunset. Like people who go to church don't know that. Yes, thank you, Captain Obvious. God is everywhere. But the trees don't show up with casserole when you're too sick to cook or give you a hug 
or send you a card so comforting that you tuck it between the pages of a book because you know you'll need to read those words again when the grief rises. I will be the first to say that the church has committed some very serious wrongs on all sides of the spectrum. The church has done embarrassing, hurtful, sinful, ignorant things, things no one wants to be associated with, things that spiritual but not religious folk can rattle off as quickly as their name. And there are good and important reasons to walk away from any institution that actively abuses people or refuses to confess and repent past wrongs. But newsflash, human beings do a lot of embarrassing, hurtful, sinful, ignorant things, and the church is full of human beings. This, this I think, is the center of the problem spiritual but not religious people have with the church. If, if we could just kick out all the human beings, we might really be able to do something spectacular around here. I mean, if we were able to kick out all of the people, the church would be so much better. If we could just kick out everyone who has messed up, fallen short, or tripped up, we might be able to follow Jesus. I mean, there's just so much humanity around here. There's the retired guy who wants to tell all the stories, and the woman who can't carry a tune in a bucket. There's that baby who talks through the entire silent prayer time, being held by a parent who seems completely oblivious, a mom who just needs to be around some other adults lest the postpartum depression get too loud, and she is sitting next to the couple who would give anything to hold their own crying baby. And that couple, they sit next to the young man who just buried his granddad, and he is in the same pew as a white-headed gentleman whose family lives three states away. There's the preacher who worries no one will hear anything meaningful, and the first-time visitors who feel like everyone knows when to stand and sit. Is there really a place for them here? So much humanity. Best not to get mixed up in that kind of trouble. Best to be an island, go it alone, spiritual, but not religious. Religion has too many people involved. But what we might learn from James is that religion is one of the best hopes we have to turn the ship around. Not because we get it right all the time, but because we don't and we keep trying. Not because we have all the answers, because we don't, but because we keep searching. Not because we have it all together, but because we don't, and we trust one another to help us along. When you show up at church, you take the risk of being vulnerable. You offer to bear another's burdens and to pledge to be doers of the word and not hearers only and to make that pledge alongside people who will hold you to it and ask you to do the same for them. There's accountability sitting right next to you in the pew. At church, you are likely to hear a word that requires something more of you than putting on sunscreen so you won't burn while you look for God in the sunset by yourself. 
And having read James, we know that the church has long been a place to move from spirituality to religion, which sounds a little bit confusing. You hear it at the end of the scripture lesson. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God is this, to care for the orphans and widows in their distress. James says orphans and widows as a catch-all for the vulnerable. So a rough translation is this, feel close to God all you want. But if you don't take care of the vulnerable and marginalized, you are like someone who sees themselves in a mirror, goes away, and then immediately forgets what they look like. So spend time with the trees, go on long walks, and read about what needs fixing in the newspaper, and then show up at church to talk about how desperately the earth needs us, how we need each other, and what together we might do to live the good news that God wants life, abundant life, for us all. To be sure, you won't be hanging out here very long, here as in the sanctuary in the classrooms or fellowship hall. If you show up here, you'll end up loading clothes and socks in your car to take down to the homeless lions or delivering mobile meals to seniors, or carpooling to the ICE office to accompany a neighbor to a check-in. You'll probably be asked to volunteer with our kiddos, or deliver flowers to someone who is homebound, or give a ride to and from this beloved place. You'll probably have to commit to attending corporation commission hearings, legislative debates, and school board meetings, to do something about the scripture lesson, you know, economic justice and, and the ever-widening gap between the rich and the poor. After all, to do nothing is against our religion. Speaking of which, let's get out of here. We have some religion to do. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching of Reverend Lori Waukee, Associate Minister at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services are every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. with adult education classes at 10 a.m. Mayflower also has a full church school for children of all ages available during the 11 a.m. service. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd Street, one block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.